Welcome to the Don't Die podcast, sponsored by Aloe Treatment Centers. They're out in Malibu. They're in Silver Lake. It's a treatment center I started with some friends. We want you to get the right treatment, the right program for you, and stop dying. Stop dying, Chuck. Oh, thank you, Bob. What part of that do people not understand? Apparently none of it. They just it's need crazy. to stop dying. How many people are dying? It's crazy. Right? Yeah, and I know we're not talking about the coronavirus. I'm talking about suicide. I'm talking about drugs. I'm, I know three people, including a pregnant woman, who are dead this week. It's crazy. It's crazy. And, and, and Elvis's grandson? That's the one I, yeah, I'm talking about, one of them. Killed himself. Oh, so yeah. sad. Lisa Marie's son. Oh, yeah. he looked exactly like his grandpa. I, I mean, trust me. It was crazy. Oh, that's sad. It was crazy. I love that Lisa yeah. uh, Presley album. The one that Yeah, she, she made a good record one time. She She's made she a made few, a really but one record. was really good yeah. with Michael Lockwood. Yep. Michael Lockwood. My heart goes out to them and to Priscilla and just like, holy yeah. God. Like a hole so big, the sky opens up. I can't imagine what it's like to have your kid die like that. I just can't imagine the pain. So no, sad. I don't even you want know, to. Yeah. We do understand. I mean, all things are not equal. We do understand people dying of pneumonia. I almost died three years ago from pneumonia. I was in and out of the hospital. I don't know if you guys remember or if we were doing this then. I, there was one night in this very room. I had a couch right over there where I thought, I'm going to die. I'm going to leave two little kids behind. I can't breathe. I can't, I can't breathe, and no one can help me. Because I had pneumonia in, in my lower right lung, which is really bad, and then in both left lung, upper and lower. Like, I was dying. How I didn't die is just self-will. I sat up in this room for, like, four straight days. I didn't sleep. I propped myself up in pillows, and I just... I would sleep a little bit, but it was the only place I could get oxygen. Then I'd go to the hospital. They put me on oxygen. It was fucking frightening. And it's a lot of, I think, what people are going through right now. I was convinced. And I, I was angry. I was like, fuck, I survived dope. I survived fucking hepatitis C. I survived all this shit. I'm going to die from the fucking flu. <laughs> fuck this. Right? Yeah. But, yeah. and there was nothing anybody can do. I had Dr. Drew, I had my own doctor, I had the doctors at Pomona Hospital. Like, nobody could stop it. I just had pneumonia in my lower lung, which is not the place you want to have it, right? But when you're sick like that, you expect to die. Like, that's a natural thing of disease, like cancer, like lung disease, like the, you know, coronavirus, um, liver, liver failure. There's an expectation of mortality of death. But being 27 years old and depressed and, and you know, drug addicted, the, the idea is not that that person's not supposed to kill themselves. They're not supposed to die of it. They're supposed to get to the other side of it like what we have and so many thousands of people have. And it's just so tragic. I, I you know, I, I, yeah. it's just and, unbelievable. And it's, and it's, it's so strange because like that, uh, 
that actress that was on Glee, I forget her name, yeah. Naya Rivera or whatever. Yeah, she, they found her body today. And it's just like, you know, you don't just go into the middle of a calm lake with a kid and drown. Yeah, I don't know. if. Well, I've been talking about it. It hasn't come out. There was no no. There's no, you know, there's ruling out suicide. I don't know how. I don't know if I... I've known anybody ever that's gone just by themselves with their four-year-old child on a boat in the middle of fucking nowhere on a weekday. It's just crazy. And then there's videotape of her parking her car. Did you see that? It's all like she parks. She keeps going in and out and wobbly and I don't know. But I mean, maybe it's just accidental and sad. But But it would still be drug or alcohol related. It's just just suspicious as hell. And yeah. then, but, but then my friend Max died. This guy that worked for me died of an accidental overdose of prescription drugs and benzos and alcohol. And it's God, you know, and I know his parents so well and, and they had to make the decision. Like mm-hmm. that's not what parents are supposed to be doing, making decisions on 38 year old guys to pull the plug on them. It's just fucking, it's, it's just so much pain coming from alcohol and trauma and drugs and prescription drugs, so much pain and anguish. And, you know, just as we make a dent in the opioid overdose, people have started killing themselves. Like I, how many, Chuck, how many people you know that killed themselves this year? I know like eight people, eight people. Yeah, there's been a there's been a, a hell of a go even before Corona. It just seemed like this year, kind of in general, uh, it seemed to be a rough one. I think there were four, and then a bunch of overdoses this year. And it's also profoundly affecting our children. Elvis had something bad happen. I forget what it was like last week, and he said, "Dad, this is the worst year ever. First Kobe dies, and then the coronavirus." And then, you know, so, and then he listened to other things that kind of happened within our families. And I was just like, Elvis, some years are just like this, right? And I think far too often parents are, are lying to their children or misleading their children or say, oh, look on the bright side. I let him live with his feelings. And I said, and I hugged him and he wasn't crying, but he was just in that, that kind of blank stare where you realize like life is not what they're telling me. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, oh, what is it? Puppy dogs and moon rainbows or moonbeams. And <laughs> I just said, sometimes just suck Elvis, but we just hang on and get through and yep. some other things good will happen. And I, you know, it's so many millennials dying that I just think they were the generation that was lied to the most. They were lied to from the moment they, they took a breath. The moment they uh, were conscious of language, they were lied to. And they were lied to all the way up through till like right towards the end. And, and I'll give the example. They're lied to by their parents. They're lied to by society. But it's a just and fair society and it's beautiful and you're a snowflake and everybody loves you and everybody gets a trophy and everybody's great and we're just the greatest country in the world and we're the greatest people in the world and you're so special and nothing bad ever happens and we walk through raindrops that's what millennials were told their whole life 
Then they get drug problems, go to rehab, where you finally should be told the truth about life. And we lie to them, you know, it's your parents' fault and blah, 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 blah. <laughs> they go through seven years of that. <laughs> it's just an extension of the bullshit lie of our society. Basically, the amygdala uh, uh, lecture about how the brain gets hijacked, the motivational system of the brain gets hijacked. It's scientific, quantified, accepted fact of addiction. It's brain chemistry motivation, right? The reprioritization okay. of, of the amygdala, of the drive center of the brain. Below right. language, below reasoning, you have thirst, fight or flight, uh, safety, security, sex drive, and all of a sudden you got this new thing that you put in there called do it again, do it again, stimulate that again, right. do that again, take drugs again, is a layman's way of understanding. It really just says do it again. But So I'm giving a lecture that I've seen Drew give 10,000 times. It's on TED Talks, it's on YouTube, it's just the accepted way that, that, that drug use changes the way that the brain uh, prioritizes things, right? This 18-year-old girl raises her hand and goes, I just disagree with everything you say. And I said, who gives a fuck what you think? You're an 18-year-old spoiled brat in Rio. <laughs> well, that's one way to approach it. That's the or truth. You say, that's or the you fucking can... truth, Chuck. <laughs> it may not be pretty, yeah, I'm not saying the truth is pretty. Right? Is the truth pretty sometimes? That's not that you mean that's not in the getting paid insurance handbook. <laughs> God, you know, but to say, you know, that's that's wonderful to be 18 and think you know it all, but these are these are facts and you can disagree all you want, but it doesn't change them. No, you can't. You can't disagree with facts. No, you can't. You're, you know what to do when you disagree with facts? You're a dumbass. I don't know. You know what? Anthony Fucci just went, got railed about things, about changing yeah, his he made him a couple course mistakes. on things. He didn't. He acted on best available science, which is changing as things go. So he wasn't lying. He wasn't wrong. And that's why science, leaning on science, man, I understand why people don't believe science because science has to change tact all the time. But when something hasn't been disproven and it's factual. And we For go back, 70 years, it hasn't been disproven. Dr. Kevin McCauley does a great thing about that. It's called Pleasure Unwoven. And talks but you're, about, doing, you're doing something that Trumpers do. Stop it right now. You're doing a comparison about coronavirus, right? Coronavirus has only been around for eight months. There's no, no. way we know anything about it, study it. The mutation of the corona, uh, COVID-19, it's only been around for about eight or nine months. Since the 70s, and they were studying it when the pandemic started. The, MERS, the, the original disease, but this is a right. mutation of it, right? Right. To compare that to the scientific fact of the drug, uh, drug's influence or alcohol's influence on the brain that's been studied for 70 years by John Hopkins University, Harvard University. At every university, it's been studied in different ways, and no one has discounted that fact. That's, that's, a pretty, that's pretty suave what you I, just I, I did there. I don't know. There. What, what, what I'm looking at is that fentanyl hasn't been around, and we don't even know. I, I think it makes people so stupid that they think that they know everything. 
I think it dumbs down to the brain to the point where we're going to have to could find it be, a could, But could what I have said be true also? Are you Absolutely. excluding what I said? Absolutely not. It's so, a however, not a but. It's but an, it's but going, to, going to Fauci, this is something, I'll tell you something that's frightening. If you really read some the London uh, hospital study of 80 patients, the, the antibodies don't stay with you. Ooh. If that's the case, we're all going to die. Uh, or 1% of us will. No, everybody will eventually, because it will be with us ongoing generation after generation. And, and you can't build a vaccine based on something that, you, that doesn't build and hold on to antibodies. So, so if, look it up. It's a strange. It was only 80 people, but they were in a contained environment. They worked at two hospitals. They were hospital workers in two hospitals in England. And a percentage of them, three months out from having been sick from it and clearing it, had 60% antibodies, which you need about 50% antibodies to fight off the flu or to fight off coronavirus, right? Another equal percentage of them only had 17% antibodies, 90 days out from, the, from clearing the disease. And they're trying to figure out what's the difference, why is that? And, and one of the suspicions or one of the things they're trying to rule out is maybe some people hold on to the antibodies and some people don't. And they're looking at blood type as a way of why some people are asymptomatic and never get sick from it. And some people die from it. That the blood I, I, type seems to have something to do with it. I, and, maybe the, the blood type. and maybe the blood type has something to do with holding on to the antibodies. This is, huh. this is scary fucking disease. And anybody who thinks it's going to get wrapped up in a few months because the election's coming is crazy. Because <laughs> it's going to mutate again. No, that's a right-wing talking point that it's going to be wrapped huh? up. That's a right-wing talking point. That's that's you know this isn't going to go away anytime mm. soon. But based based on eighty people, also, I mean, it's just like uh, that's not a big that's not a big cross section of people. There's but I have, no, it's only I've, been around since really people in in the Western Europe and the United States started getting infected in December. It's right. July. Right. It's not like alcoholism. It's not like cancer. It's not like AIDS. You've had decades to to explore theories about it and try different medicines or try or or define what it is and what gets affected by it and why cells mutate and why cells right. in the liver mutate differently than cells cells in the prostate and why I mean we've had decades of study of cancer. We've had seven months of study of COVID. Right. And it might take something totally different. It might take a different pr approach than any approach that's been tried before. It might take some genius out of left field who's, who's been thought to be a quack his whole life, who comes up with the thing that it's just it hits it on the nose because maybe this is maybe this is a, um, a new generation of super diseases or super that's what, viruses. That's or what whatever I'm saying that leads me to believe that somehow you don't build up antibodies because viruses are just viruses. They just keep mutating. They, we, usually, usually you find one thing that knocks out one version of it, it knocks out another version of it. But maybe this is the, the thing that we've all, who know about these things, have been fearful of. Like this could be just the beginning of a mutation that's even worse, that you don't have any antibodies for, and then just goes through the population. The other idea that... that you know, 
healthy people, unhealthy people. We have a lot of great medicines that are keeping healthy people from dying of it. It's just not working on the elderly or the people with comorbidity. That's the fact of the matter, right? So, and, and this is what I wanted to get to. I have comorbidity. I have liver problems. I'm going to need a liver transplant. I've been very careful. I, I don't want to not live life, but I've been pretty <laughs> yeah. seriously about staying home, right? right. Um, for someone who's, who's unhealthy, has diabetes and, and out of shape and, and older, to be just cavalier about going out, not wearing a mask and not caring. And, you know, I, I just like, God bless them. That's what I think. God bless them. If, if uh -uh. they're that confident that, that this is nothing, and this is, is some government conspiracy. It might is be it? a thinning of the herd. <laughs> yeah, and, and and that's the that's that's the reason they were talking about the schools is not so much that what would happen with the kids, but that the, you know, again, the kids bring it home. But the the idea that we're not going to get it, I think we ruled out a long time ago. The smartest people I know are saying everybody's going to come in contact with this. It's not a matter. They don't say stop the spread. They say slow the spread. Even even the people on the news aren't, aren't saying we need to we need to contain this thing. They're saying we just need to slow the spread so the people that need treatment can get it. That's what's that's what's frightening to me about it is that it's. It I thought, um, no, I mean, I, I people that are for sure going to die of it. Say you're 80 years old, you have diabetes, and you weigh 350 pounds. You're going to die of it if you get it. Probably, uh, I, I, no doubt. From what we so know, so to right me, now. if I'm that person, I'm gonna stay clear until there's a vaccine. What I'm saying is that this thing is 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 a strange disease. Everyone I talk to says that studies it and is working on on either medications, working directly in the emergency rooms, and all the different medications they're trying, the combinations of medications they're trying. That some are effective with some people, but they're not effective with other people. I mean, this is. This is crazy what's going on. And right. to have it be politicized and be some issue of whether you're pro this or anti that, and then throw on top of that that you can go, you can't go to Coachella, but you can go protest something, mm -hmm. you know, you don't even really comprehend. Um, you know, what I, what I, I mean, Chrissy knows it. I've been saying it every year, every week, anytime it comes up, you can go back in history on the first podcast I had. You can go back to me talking in the 1990s. The police are killing our black young men. The police are killing our black young men. What, what about the Rodney King video did you not understand? What about what NWA and Public Enemy were trying to say did you not hear? What about just your own fucking lion-ass eyes of seeing how black kids are killed and crucified and shot by, by strangers just protecting a neighborhood in Florida, this Robert Zimmerman or whatever his fucking name is? How, how, why is this the thing that woke everyone up? I don't get it. I've been talking about it for 28 years, 30 years, 35 years. You, what, what is it know. about the George Floyd thing that really was the, the zeitgeist moment? What was it about that? So I was, I, I was, uh, like I said, I was up north and the, uh, I was talking to a, a, a white guy who's a cannabis farmer from Alabama who's as anti-racist as they get because he was bussed into black schools 
uh, when he was down there, and he grew up seeing the ugliest side of of uh, racism, and he couldn't disagree more, even though it went against everything in his hometown. And right. he said that uh, he'd seen a lot of horrible things, but that when he watched the the Floyd video, the the inhumanity of it, and the fact that the guy had his po hands in his pockets. Is the that fact, what did the, it? The fact that if you don't want to reach out and stop that, then you're probably not a human being. And if you, if that doesn't bring up some emotion, he goes, man, I haven't gotten emotional watching anything in years. But I, I, he goes, against my better judgment, and I'm glad I did because uh, look what's happened. It would have happened anyhow had we not watched. Well, what is happening? That's the other thing. I don't really know what's happening. Is um, uh, it's it's a, it's a very it's obviously this huge moment in our society but huge moments need a person to lead and meet the moment whether it's Martin Luther King or Bobby Kennedy or JFK or 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 you know Jello Biafra you need somebody leading the way to to direct all the energy and it just doesn't seem like there's anybody directing this energy you know, and that's part of the problem is that there's so many people that that have a voice that think that they're the know-all, that they're the end, the the end architect of some great movement. How many hundreds of millions of people get on uh, social media every day and say something stupid or informed or angry or sad? But there's so many leaders. There's so many. It's not like you can turn on the TV to the to you know channel four and and you can get one it seems almost impossible like there's so many different types of music there's so many different there are people that don't even know that are playing video games but can you imagine being but leaders up? don't leaders rise up that we all acknowledge as leaders in my lifetime those leaders have been john lydon joe strummer jello biafra ian mckay they were they were the they spoke for all of us right kurt cobain they spoke for their generation they didn't they didn't have a title nobody gave it to them we just all agreed with what they said and then that becomes a movement right, right. So whether it's diy or fuck the police right uh, chuck d was a leader of uh, that got us to this place there's no leaders anymore there's no leaders in the democratic party so by the strangest thing the only leader that is like a leader in the way that in the context i'm talking about is this madman psychopath trump he is leading his people the rest of us are just arguing about who's leading where and where we're going and what we want. It's crazy. <laughs> who, who, who do you think should step up and take the wheel? Because like Chappelle said, you know, he doesn't want Dave to Dave Chappelle he, would be he, a good one. I he, would he, vote for Dave Chappelle to be the leader. He I doesn't would want that job. He doesn't no. want that job. You said you'd vote for anybody. What about Kanye? Kanye. Oh, He's going to split the vote. Uh, I don't know. I, I you know, know what the... You know what they're he saying? Uh, he might not split the black vote. He might split the white liberal he, vote. No, he's going to try and split the black vote and get Trump elected. He, no matter what he says, that's what he's doing. Can we make some predictions? Anybody want to predict what's going to happen on November 3rd? I, I will.
Joe, I predict that Joe Biden is going to do very well in the in the uh, debates, way better than people think he is. Oh, I hope he doesn't debate. I think it's a lost cause if he debates. I, I'm like James Carville. I have a lot of confidence in him. I think he was really good last time, and people just didn't recognize it. I think he, yeah, he stumbles a little bit here and there, but so I think he's going to do very well. I don't then, think you get to be vice president if you're a stupid person. Well, I don't think anybody can go toe to toe with Trump on a stage. I think he oh, gets please. you to play his game. He's much better at at the PACs, like the Lincoln Project and those people fucking with him and then distracting him. You know what I mean? Like the big the big wrestler who gets distracted by the little guy yelling at him. <laughs> I swear to God. But toe to toe, Joe Biden and Trump, I, I don't know. I think I think Trump will end up winning that debate. I, I think it, He'll he'll cause more question marks about Biden. If I was Biden, I wouldn't debate him. Did you ask my opinion? I'm just saying he's going to do fine. I think he's going to do yeah, how, a lot how do you better think than that'll than... translate on on in November, though. I think I think white suburban. I mean, it all gets down to white suburban soccer moms who they vote for. That's what this country is based around. That's who Trump was able to sway fifty eight thousand of them that gave him Pennsylvania. Uh, uh, Pennsylvania, Michigan, and uh, where else? Where was the triumvirate of the Rust Belt? Pennsylvania, Michigan, and Wisconsin, was it? Yeah, Wisconsin. So he got, he won by 58,000 votes, you guys. It wasn't millions. This election gets down to those 58,000 people. Who are they going to vote for? Because basically, the, the, we can bet that the same people that voted for Hillary are going to vote for Biden. The same people that voted for Trump are going to vote for Trump. But those, what they're, what they're astonishingly known as, which just blows my mind, but uh, my mind gets blown all the time by the idiocracy of the world. <laughs> they voted for Barack Obama. Chuck, you know this. They voted for Barack Obama both terms, and then they voted for Donald Trump. And the question is, right now, when they're polling, those people are saying they're voting for Joe Biden. But if you start wanting to talk about having no police and defund the police, and you start digging into Hunter Biden's escapades in China and, and Ukraine, and you really pound away like, the, like the, the Trump Republican machine is going to, all you got to do is sway those 58,000 people. That's how I see it. You don't, you don't, you really think he's going to stay alive? I, I really think. Who, who, Biden or Trump? Trump, <laughs> Trump well, both. But, but I, I, I just, I Biden's just can't older imagine, than Trump. I can't imagine that, that, that Trump has much more in him. I mean, maybe it's like the cockroach thing, but it just seems to me like he's just going to like spin out. Well, I don't morning. think he wanted to win this time. I saw the look on his face. He was like, he was perplexed Fuck. on election night. He was like, think about him resigning. He's losing millions of dollars in branding. I, if I, I think here's what I think has to happen. If you want to see the, the how how things can go. I say peacefully. he resigns. I think no. I think it has to go like this to go peacefully because he knows he's going to get prosecuted in the Southern District of New York. He knows he's going to get prosecuted by the DA of New York, and they're going to ruin him and his family's lives, which is, that's what you, you buy the ticket, take the ride. Remember Hunter S. Thompson? Yeah. Buy the ticket, take the ride. So he knows that's going to happen. So <laughs> That sounds hopeful because I thought the Russia thing was going to knock him out. 
No, the, oh, that's no, the real, the real, the real thing is the Pulitzer Prize thing, a New York Times article about the Trump, uh, how they executed the father's will. That's all criminal. There's like 87 criminal indictments in that of fraud and misrepresentation, tax evasion. Can he pardon it's himself? It's documented. Huh? Can he pardon himself? Well, no, what I was thinking is Biden can. If Biden wins between November oh. 3rd and January 18th, he gives a full and, and unquestionable pardon so we can move on from Donald Trump. That would be the smartest thing to do. And let's move on. Let's just th act like it never happened. Right? But if you're going to have the Trump going in and out of court in, in the Southern District of New York or in Manhattan District uh, Court, I mean, that's just going to be a sideshow that's going to distract from the coronavirus, like trying to solve that, trying to get turn the economy around trying to make our schools high quality, trying to figure out fair wages, all the problems that we should have been solving 20 years ago or addressing through the Obama administration, which, you know, for one reason or another, not a lot got resolved. I, the most disappointing part of the Obama administration is they, they just kept killing black kids in the streets. Cop kept, cops kept killing them. Cops kept killing black kids in the streets. This is not something new that happened in Minnesota three months ago. This nice. has been going on every day in America for fucking decades. It's got to stop. But I don't think, you know, saying defund the police is going to stop it. <laughs> no, you, yeah. Right? I, I don't, what, what do you think? What do you think is going to happen in, uh, in November? I think, I think Trump's going to squeak it out. I, you know, I just, and that's when what will this country be like with four more years of him? I don't think I can live here. I don't you know think what I mean? he can physically survive. What's scary to me is that there's enough of, I, I'm not, you know, we're, none of us are conspiracy guys, but I think that if the people that, that have all the money wanted him out, they'd find a way to heart attack him or they'd find a way to Corona him or something him. Here's out of an interesting thing. So, so exactly what I thought would happen happened, which is why we got Hillary Clinton, is the safest bet. Joe Biden's the safest bet. I would rather lose with Pete Buglia, whatever, the gay man of Indiana, uh, uh, Buttigieg. I'd rather lose with him than yeah. squeak by with Biden. I, I know that sounds crazy, and I know James Carville, who's a hero of mine, would hate me for saying that. But enough of these old 80-year-old people. Enough. Mitch McConnell yeah. looks like my Auntie Abby. He looks like a fucking 80-year-old <laughs> woman. Poor Auntie Abby. <laughs> he looks like my Auntie Abby. It's crazy. Abby is short for his nickname for Evelyn. But I mean, you know, he looks like an old Swedish woman who's like going out to milk the cows or something. It's crazy what that guy is, is. And he's the most powerful man in America. Enough of these people, all of them. And I'm saying all of them. Nancy Pelosi, Chuck Schumer seems like he's still on the ball. But enough of these people. Go off and play golf and enjoy the rest of your life. Come on, leave us alone. Let this country move on. Let's have a Green New Deal that, that's some sort of compromise. Let's start doing things intelligently instead of this strategic 
old-fashioned 1960s politics. Is it too late to roll back the two-party system and expect civility and expect, you know, proper conversation, dialogue, and discourse? Or, or is this just... I don't think... I think people are... I just, I just don't think this old brigade of lifetime politicians is capable of anything else. I okay, think so, Pete, so Pete Buttigieg limits? is capable of it. I think there's some Republican people that I've heard. Uh, Governor Kasich is capable of it. And he's like 60 or 55 or 60. But why does it have to be all 80-year-old people in politics? Why? Why, why not? Uh, why is term limits never gone anywhere with, you know, why, why should you be allowed to be a, a lifelong politician? Because the most important thing to these people seems to be getting reelected. I mean, right. that's and, been and if it Trump's whole focus for the last 20 months is getting reelected. That's what the whole Ukraine thing was about. That's what all this stuff is about, like getting reelected, like, you know, just to be president for four years and say, I've had enough. Fuck this place. I'm out of here. Right. Yeah. But everybody else, all the all the the Congress people and the everything else, the idea of having someone in for life is, is an old is an old way of thinking. I mean, you, you talk a lot, you've talked a lot about like, it's time to revamp the schools. It's time to do this. And we're, we're at that precipice. We're at that precipice right now where we can have a voice. We can talk to the teachers. I know uh, bugs teacher, like, is like, what, what do you think we should do? So they're actually, they don't, people are at a loss instead of them telling us what they're going to do and whether we're going to like it or not. We're actually at a point where that gets to this. Yeah. They're getting, that's this leadership vacuum. This leadership vacuum in this country, and cancel culture doesn't help, right? Right. Um, Al Franken resigned from the Senate again for why? For what reason? I'm really, really not quite sure, right? It's just like what? You know that that was so surprising to me. Like I didn't understand any of it. It's a Republican talk show host, you know the woman who accused him the initially the thing, right? She, she hosts a KABC conservative talk radio show. I mean, if that's not uh, kind of crazy, I don't know what is, but common sense doesn't have anything to do with any of this, right? And anytime you try to talk commonsensical, you get labeled, or, you know, crazy or, you know, insane. And then people gloss over because everybody's got an opinion, like you said, about politics. I just, I just, this time I will vote for Joe Biden. But last time I couldn't vote for either one of them. But I was, in my mind, I was pretty sure Hillary was going to win. So she seemed like the lesser of two evils. This time I will vote for Joe Biden. But do I think he's going to win? I don't know. I don't know. I think there's a lot of scared people in this country and they're pretty easy to scare. You know, that's one thing about the recovery world. We're supposed to face fear and overcome fear. And there's a lot of people in this country that are just overwhelmed by fear and you can scare them very easily. Right. Mm -hmm. And so and where does all, what you know? Where does anger come from? Right? It's fear. Right. Right. So all this anger is really coming from this really scared place. Whether it's these people who think somebody's coming after them, you know. Here's the other thing. Don't don't. Um, I hate to say it, but don't. 
it, it's so strange that, that people that nobody really thinks about think so much of themselves that everybody's thinking about them. That's something <laughs> I learned in AA, right? Right. Here's an in interesting thing about, about a human being's significance. Do you know that the LA Times writes obituaries long before the people die? There's, there's hundreds of obituaries already written. Hmm. It saves time. Right? <laughs> so what is an obituary? It is the summation of a person's life, right? In whether it's in four paragraphs or a half a page, right? The biggest one I ever saw was Kobe Bryant's a whole page, right? Even a president is only half a page, right? <laughs> right? They, didn't so write, they didn't have one ready to go for Kobe Bryant, though. Yeah. No, they did not. They, uh, that's why maybe they maybe wrote so Maybe after you get a certain age or but, something. I mean, there was no time to edit. Yeah. They got, they got Mitch McConnell's written. They got Trump's written. They've got Biden's written. They've, they've got Al Sharpton's written. They got everybody's written. They've got every actor. They've got... What about you and I? Well, I, well, you can think about what is going to be said about you. I think what will be said about me are, the, are two of the most insignificant things about me, right? <laughs> Which is celebrity rehab red and, and the red hot chili peppers. Somehow oh. I feel like in my obituary, somehow <laughs> since they've haunted me my entire life, it will say, yeah, a friend of the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Yeah, and friend. How sad is that? That my life is simply celebrity rehab, and I was a friend of the Red Hot Chili Peppers. It's okay. Mine will be, he knew Bob, who knew the Red Hot Chili Peppers. I will be twice removed. He was one person removed from the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Yeah. <laughs> it's just insane. And, and and so we're all insignificant. And Anthony's will only be half a page. My, I'm going to write you know. my own and submit it to whoever's fucking going to put that <laughs> shit out. I'm just going to ex-junkie fucking... No yeah. matter. Here's the thing. Uh, uh, sadly, it'll just say Tex and the Horseheads. It'll oh, say fuck. it'll say he's a lifelong <laughs> musician, but it'll say Tex and the Horseheads. Yeah. In mine, it'll say Thelonious Monster, who was very close with Red Hot Chili Peppers, right? Because <laughs> I, I mean, I've read a bunch of my friends' obituaries. It's like, you know, if you had one hit song, they talk about that song, right? So when. Chris Whitley died. They talked about his one song that got played on the radio, one right? <laughs> and that he was a musician. He made several albums. He, and where you lived seems to be important. Where you <laughs> lived. So life, lifelong Southern Californian, right? If you were from Florida and came to L.A., they say born in Florida, came to L.A. It's like the summation of your existence on the planet. And it's all so sad. And, <laughs> and nothing. It's nothing. It's not who you helped. It's not who you loved. It's not, it's not, the, it's not the existence of you. It's just the little dumb significant things about your life. Right? And you know what yeah. I mean? Like, Me and my brother used to go through those and we'd find the people that had the most grandkids and great grandkids and say that they won for some reason. We'd just go through and we'd find them and he goes, 98. There was some lady who was 98 like, grandchildren, grandkids, great children, grandchildren and great grandchildren and it was just oh like wow God. she wins or she was to me that woman's life was hell her. from the moment she was born <laughs> yeah but you're, but you're right it wouldn't say you know elvis and sydney and elijah's dad 
It wouldn't At say the end, it always does. It says, you know, survived by two, right. three children. But it's not about, it's just not about significant things. Like St Steve Bing is this guy that died. Uh, uh, he, he, yeah, he's a guy I know who killed himself, jumped off a fucking building last week. Oh, jumped Jesus. off a building. Like, yeah. how, it's just mind-blowing. Sweetest guy in the world, Right tortured guy for sure he, like just had just had the a, a rain cloud over top of him what his was whole his life name? steve bing his name was he jumped off the 27th floor of his building anyways so in steve's it talks about all the money that he gave to charity and all this kind of cool stuff and but really it will, and, he, and the things that he did, he produced the Rolling Stones and Jerry Lee Lewis and stuff like that. But really what he was was just this amazing, interesting guy. He inherited $600 million when he turned 18 years old. By the time he was 40, he was broke. How fucking great is that? That's, That's good. What I, oh, if I, I want to know where he spent the money. That would be a good OB. That's when you're doing it right. <laughs> That's, That's how you know. You know how to spend money, right? <laughs> Beautiful guy, funny guy, loved rock and roll. A friend of mine told me a story. They lived in the same building in downtown LA, and the guy was going to the elevator, and the, Steve was coming out of his apartment. He goes, he goes, where are you going? And he goes, I'm going to see you too. And he goes, you too. You don't want to do that. And he tried to talk him out of going to see you too, <laughs> tell him how you too. They just they use stats, and they they don't really play. They're not like the Stones, and like <laughs> and, and the guy went to the YouTube concert, and he kept he, he said he was poisoned by what Steve said because he was listening, and there was stats, and the guy wasn't yeah. wearing headphones, and he really wasn't playing drums, or he was playing with a click track, and he saw it through Steve Bing's eyes, and it ruined the concert for him. <laughs> oh. But he just loved the Stones because they're rock and roll. You would have liked him, Mike Mark. Oh yeah, he would have liked that guy. That that's funny because there's a there's a Keith Richards quotes page or something, and it, one of the things he said was, "Don't ever try to learn how to play Jumping Jack Flash." There's 18 guitar tracks on there. You know? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, that's not a lot different than running tape. <laughs> well, live though, there was one song. That's why it doesn't sound that good. I've seen the Stones. I've seen the Stones. I, I was thinking because Steve Bing was so obsessed with the Stones. We were talking about the Stones a lot last week. I've seen them probably 20 times, right? Never very impressed by it. Never went, oh, my God, that was mind-blowing. Maybe some girls at Anaheim Stadium, just because the record was so good and you were hearing the record, it was the last good record well, they and made. And also, Mick Jagger came out and he was wearing like rat, you know, he's like being punk and all that other yeah, shit. Yeah, he's punk rocker, red, red vinyl yeah, pants. Yeah, we were all like, oh, that's But cool. mostly it was those songs were so good that it was the last real time you're going to see the Stones. They, they're touring a great record and you're going to see them play those songs for the first time live. Right? It's not Jumping Jack Flash and 19th Nervous Breakdown and Shattered. Satisfaction. From, you know, it's like songs that just came out this year. But that was like the only time. And still that wasn't, like I was up in the front and then after like 30 minutes, I, it was so hot and whatever, I just moved to the back. You know, I can tell you when I to saw Van Halen at the fucking Anaheim Stadium, 
I fucking suffered in the front because Van Halen was awesome. (laughs) (laughs) You know, David Lee Roth gets so much grief, but the guy could move. The guy was so fucking great. Those first four albums are so fucking great. Amazing. (laughs) I added added some songs uh, from one and two onto my iPod so they pop up now when I'm just listening to random stuff. And what Amy songs? Like, Jamie's crying. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Of Jamie's course, but like beautiful Damn. girls and ice cream man and just all those all those fun things. They're I, so I, great. I mean, because I was a kid and, and I remember looking at opening up two and he had the broken leg. Yeah. And everybody's like, everybody had a different story about how he broke his leg and how he was, you know, doing all this stuff. But it was just like that was a time when Rock stars were bigger than life, but since I get looked at like sideways, but it's like, this is actually good stuff. There's nothing wrong with this music. I'm not embarrassed to say it. I like it. I mean, they're, they're, the Stones are a great band, but I mean, it's just like what it must have, like Keith saw them in 1970, Keith Morris. Like, that's something. Seeing the fucking Stones in 1970, I saw them in 77. Mike, is that the first time you saw him in 77? I saw him at the uh, Anaheim Stadium. In, yeah, that was 77. Uh, yeah, it might have been, yeah. Yeah, the Some Girls Tour. I think it was a Some Girls Tour. Was it like Prince that opened? No, that was at the USC Coliseum. No, that was at Anaheim Stadium, too. He did a whole tour. Prince opened Oh, he did that? that? He yeah. did that? I don't Where remember. Where he wore lingerie that. and everybody. Were you, no. were you one of the people booing him off, Mike? Hell no. I thought it was great. No, I think Prince. I think Prince canceled because I, I think only it was Prince, George Thorogood, and the Rolling Stones. And then Prince got booed. He went home. He came back. He played a few more shows. Oh, my battery's at twenty percent. He played a few more shows, and then he didn't do the rest of the shows. And I think the Anaheim Stadium thing was on a swing around, or Whatever. maybe it was. I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't know. But but. To see him in 1970, yeah. I saw The Clash in their prime. I saw The Clash in 1979 at the Roxy do London Calling. Mm. I mean, that was... And and Darby Crash was there, uh, Mike. Darby Crash was still alive, and he was there at that show. Yeah. And... I saw a I lot saw, of shows at the Whiskey A Go Go that were like way early, like X. I saw Susie and the Banshees doing Hong Kong Garden. The Dead Boys. The Dead Boys. A bunch of bands that always played at the Whiskey was kind of cool. They always had the biggest bands coming through. The Plasmatics. That was an amazing show in the, the 80s. It was just like we, most, most bands you see are past their prime, right? Oh, yeah. Well, you're telling me. I mean, I saw Rush on All the World's a Stage Tour. It was mind-blowing. You know what I mean? If you're lucky enough to be old enough to have seen bands in their prime. For the most part, we've seen them past their prime almost in a nostalgia How come way. when people die and these old bands ever say, all of a sudden they're the greatest band in the world? You know, I, I never even liked Rush. What are the greatest? Let's, let's, name the, let's end it with that. So <laughs> what's, let's name the five greatest bands to us. Bands uh, or solo people Chuck- like? No, just bands, the rock and band, roll bands. Rock and so, roll bands. Chuck, what's your ten fa- uh, five favorite oh, bands? Oh, come on. Kiss. All right, I'll do it. I'll do it. Led Zeppelin, The uh, Clash, yeah, no. Pink Floyd, okay. uh, Public Image, and The Replacements. Oh, I'll go no, with that no. five. You're I'll kidding go with that me. Five. You are kidding me. Really? 
<laughs> you are fucking kidding me, right? It has to be. Not... It has to be Kiss. It has to be the Rolling Stones. It has to be the Beatles. There you, you go. never saw the Beatles, way. though. Nobody saw the Beatles, did they? <laughs> did they ever even play them? <laughs> they didn't even like like they played at the uh, Hollywood Palladium, but I could not get tickets. I was a little kid, but I do know somebody that went and saw them there and couldn't hear a fucking thing. So, so okay, go. So you're saying who's first? Uh, Kiss. Kiss, Kiss is, is a Kiss? great live show. Yeah, Kiss. Yeah, Kiss, okay. is, Kiss has got to be on Chuck. Well, the Rolling Stones would be number one as bands I saw. Two. Kiss would be number two. Um, you can't deny that Iggy Pop is just a band within himself. I know. So Stooges, you got to say, but you never really said And, Stooges, and we played on stage with David Bowie. But you can put it on solo artists. The greatest solo artists to me are David the Bowie. Oh, okay, so let's just do bands. It would be Kiss. It would be the Rolling one Stones. Solo you would have oh, yeah. to say, I saw The Who. The Who were fucking amazing, dude. Amazing. See, but right here, this is something that the kids don't have. There's a guy at my uh, place right now where he's got uh, Memento Mori uh, tattooed on his neck like this it's big. It's the whole of his neck. Who from is this. who is it? And it's it, it's <laughs> Memento Mori, and it's a line from Mac Miller, who is the according to him the greatest lyricist of all time. And Memento Mori means remember to die. Oh my God! In what heaven, what does this have to do okay. with the greatest bands ever, Chuck? Okay. Because wait, wait, I'm, Mike, I'm Mike showing you the finished. difference between the generations. Finished. Mike, you haven't finished your five. So you got you got Rolling Stones, Kiss, The Who, Stooges. Uh, the Who, Stooges, what's number five? Uh, I would say X is probably. X, I, I, X would be in my top ten maybe, yeah. but not top five. So you didn't have Zeppelin in there. Chuck, where oh, are you, you know going to go? I do, I do have Zeppelin in there, but I, I, I never saw them. I never you saw them. You chose The Who over Zeppelin. Because I, I saw, saw them. Zeppelin you said bands we saw. Times. I saw Led Zeppelin two times. Chuck, what are your five? You got to have Kiss at number one, I would imagine. Uh, yeah, because I, I saw them not in their prime, but in 79 at Anaheim Stadium. That's, when it pretty, was, that's pretty much their prime. 79 it, is their prime. It was, it was pretty good because I think some, they'd spent some time building it up. I I, uh, I saw David Bowie at uh, Anaheim Bowie's Stadium. Bowie's a solo artist. Bands I know. Only. But I'm thinking of amazing live shows that just blew me away. Um I have I've never seen the Rolling Stones. Come on, Chuck, go ahead. I've man. never never seen the Who. So pick hmm. the bands you did. You, I you're just too embarrassed to say social distortion right now. That's what yeah, you're doing. No, you know, I, 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 exactly what I was I, thinking. I, I <laughs> well, he, he, neither of you could be further from. You know, I only saw social distortion twice. Once was at the concert. Oh factory. my god, I've seen him a hundred times. No, I've only seen him twice in my life, and once was because I took my kid. And once was at the concert factory, which was the Cuckoo's Nest. The year, the six months after Cuckoo's Nest ended, it was called the concert factory. I booked him. I booked him <clears> in a <throat> show when I was twenty years old. When Dennis was in it, with Mommy's Little Monsters, eighty-one. I, I, I think Rancid were an amazing live show. Rancid are good. I don't they're, know. They're all time, so, all time great. All time great. All time great. I don't know, man. You didn't. You didn't see the Clash too young. I didn't see the Clash. I never saw the Ramones. So uh, do it of your era because replacements are of your era. You saw the replacements, yeah, but, didn't you? No, I did not. 
No, I did not. Because Holy it, God, you're so young, Chuck. You say that you're the same age as us, but you're really yeah. not. I saw Blondie at the Starwood. They're like, but they're not in the top five, though. You know, they're not. In the they're top not five. top five. But they were fucking really no, good. Chuck, you got Kiss. You got to come up with four more, brother. We got to end the show. Okay, okay. I love Fits in the Tantrums. Okay, they're playing co coming up some social. They're Let's playing at a drive-in. Social distancing. Yeah. Uh, but so, they, but they they Chuck, pared down the to, band. Okay, they got wait, rid Chuck. of all the real instrumentation. They had Mike, a Chuck. It's his favorite band. Let it let it be. You, you know, I've seen them. They're good. I okay. You know, but going going back, it would have to be all the bands that would scream. That that was just a huge time for me. So it would be the whole Psycom. thing. Psycom. It, it would be Community FK. It would be the Cult. It would be the Lions and Ghosts. It would be the Concrete Blonde. The Human Drama. That whole era was really my time for. Okay, we're gonna say 80s. Scream is. The scream. Put your guard down and tell the big bands. I mean, you know, of course we all love these bands that we saw as. as Chuck, when, when I said replacements, I knew Mike was going to make fun of me. I knew it. Dude, they're, okay. they're like a bad cover band. Anthony Kiedis doesn't even think they're in the top 100. There you go. <laughs> I haven't even. I have never seen the Red Anthony. Hot Chili Peppers. You either. know what's the greatest compliment I ever got? Anthony said, I don't know why you just idolize replacements so much. Thelonious Monster is better. <laughs> it's a better band oh, and i was like you're crazy and i was like you, you just got to give them a chance i was always promoting the replacement <laughs> so you know so then i guess i would have to go to the church because i've been seeing them since 80 i know i know one girl that would say church would be number one i, I love 1983 offenders ballroom was an amazing I was show at that and i was show. on mushrooms i was at that show with the dancing hoods in the church and it it changed my life swayed with the cranberries at the palace in like uh, I forget. So when you got to pick them. So kiss uh, the church, uh, and we're gonna say and the scream Elvis bands. Costello. We're just call the scream bands. Elvis Costello so, at Irvine Elvis Meadows. Elvis Costello. Way back when. No, He's actually, a solo Pacific artist. Amphitheater. He's a solo oh, artist. We're it. not doing the solo artist I just artist feel thing. like you're dropping a bunch of bands that were like cool, to, you know, like hey, let's just you, cool, let's just drop the cool the, bands. The or, big concerts, I didn't, I didn't go to the big concerts. I wish I did. I had to take my sister to see Bon Jovi and Cinderella, and it was horrible. Oh, you loved it. Come on. <laughs> It was, it was absolutely horrible. What about the cult? It was you ever, sad. Didn't you ever love the cult, Chuck? Come on. He yeah. said the cult. He said the cult. The cult is one of the scream bands. Uh, the love the love era cult was some of the best for me. because it had You to never do, saw Van Halen? You never saw ACDC? You never saw ACDC? You never saw Van Halen? No. Oh my God, Chuck! You've missed the boat here because they're, they're ACDC. I saw ACDC on the Let There Be Rock tour at the Long Beach Arena. I mean, that was mind blowing. Oh, that guy, man. and it was festival season. That kid ran around that fucking thing. Oh, the Angus. You know fucking what? ran around like a fucking like a wind up dog. I would have to say that one of the best shows I ever saw was Black Sabbath and the Ramones at the Long Beach Arena. Oh, you know what? Marilyn Manson at Ozfest was amazing, but Black Sabbath at that show wasn't. Yeah. Black Sabbath what? is kind of older. By they that. were old. They weren't in their prime. But Marilyn Manson so let's, back then but, that was amazing. So, so we have not agreed on any band. Do you realize that? Yeah. Not one of us has said the same band. That's no, what's great you, about said, rock and roll. Me and you said said Van Halen. Me and you said the Rolling Stones. No, I you said, no, mine are 
what what did I say? Because it changes all the time. Led Zeppelin, Pink Floyd, <laughs> the Cla- Led Zeppelin, the Clash, Pink Floyd. Um, uh, what was the fourth one I said? Where did, uh, okay, so tell me about the Led Zeppelin thing again. Did you come? So Led that? Zeppelin was I lived in San Jose for two years. Fortunately, the year nineteen seven was nineteen seventy seven. And they played two days at the Oakland Coliseum. I went both days. I slept in the parking lot. And it was it was unbelievable. It was it was like seeing God. Yeah, like, see, I'm jealous. You, I'm it jealous. was like seeing God. Like God God was a concept, God was an idea, God was a record. And then all of a sudden, there they are in human form, like 40 feet away from you. It was yeah. unbelievable. Mm. Wow. And they were awful, by the way. But they were Led Zeppelin. <laughs> Dude, they, were not, what... they were not very, uh, it wasn't tight, if, uh, if that's what you call it. It wasn't a, it wasn't a, it wasn't a fine-tuned machine. Let's put it Bob, that way. What about ACDC, Ted Nugent, or Cheap Trick? Did you see any of them? Yeah, I saw all of them. I saw all Cheap Trick open for Kiss at, at the forum. I hate um, to say it, but uh, Ted Nugent was pretty damn good. I saw Ted Nugent on the Free For All tour. He opened. He it was it was uh, Rush was the headliner. Bebop Deluxe was the opener, and the middle slot touring Free For All was Ted Nugent. I saw Bebop Deluxe, Ted Nugent, and and Rush at the Winterland in San Francisco. That's a fucking great show, mm, right that, there. All in their prime. Bebop Deluxe. It was touring Life in the Air Age. Life oh, in the Air Age. Such a great album, man. Such a great <laughs> such album. A great See, album, like, like Adam and the Ants right were not a great right, live act. Right after I saw Adam and the Ants' first show at the Roxy. How about that? Yeah, that's good. I, I bet it was a mess. No, it was great. No, but it I was all to... about the girls all dressed up like Adam and Ant. That was, that was something else. <laughs> I mean... You can't underappreciate. Yeah. Here's another thing. Dimitri and I were talking about rock and roll yesterday because our kids play together. And he said, you know what's missing in rock and roll? I said, what? And he goes, sexiness. Everybody, <laughs> if you think about the original rock and rolls, they were so sexy. What happened no, to sexiness? He, There's nothing sexy about Tom York. There's Roxy, nothing sexy about it. Roxy Music last year was amazing. They held it up. Brian Ferry still had it Brian together. Brian Ferry's sexy, but he is like 78 years old. Isn't yeah, he? but I'll tell you, that band, <laughs> that band brought it. I don't think that, I don't know that they'd ever been better. But He's there's something, here's the thing, and, and we we're bringing it up, like, there, like I'm, I'm not bisexual, but I tried to be because it was cool back in the early 80s. <laughs> but there was something about seeing like Lux Interior, like that's a guy, like, there was something sexual about him. There was something sexual about Tomato De Plenty. There was something sexual about David Byrne, actually. I remember Jagger. seeing Talking Heads yeah. and thinking, yep. I can fuck that guy. Oh, God, man. Can I you were a millennial out? before it was cool. Yeah, I? I, was a, I was cosmopolitan. <laughs> let, me mark, let me mark that. But I'm going to cut was, that out. There was something that the, <laughs> that the singer was exuding this sexuality that was palpable it was, it was something that like there's not a lot of sexuality in rock and roll anymore i don't i don't think there's a lot of sexuality anywhere anymore uh, Blux but, performed half the time without any clothes on and he, when he drank beer or wine out of uh you know ivy's shoe that was like fucking amazing yeah and he put the microphone down in his dick Drums. and yeah. his pants and, and you think like what the hell's down in there all right let's say good night 
That's ah, disgusting. So we I'm left it with Lux Interior's penis. We'll see you next Yay. time. Until then, don't die. That's don't the, whole, die, everybody. the whole theme Good of the show. Don't yeah. kill yourself. Don't die of a drug overdose. Don't get, don't get coronavirus. Or those do. Are the, those, are the, those are the goals <laughs> at this point in life, just to survive. <laughs> All right. Later on, guys. All right. Bye. See you, guys. Hey, this is Bob, and you can get a hold of Aloe Treatment Centers at 888-595-0235. That's Aloe Treatment Centers in Malibu and Silver Lake, 888-595-0235. Tell them Bob told you the call.